This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. fans this is the golden edge podcast the podcast where the las vegas review journal talks about hockey and the deals that go into making a hockey team happen i am ben goats one of your las vegas review journal golden knights beat writers on the other line is my colleague uh, david shane dave we couldn't get through one saturday without this team doing something uh, how are you enjoying your relaxed weekend before uh, we had to get together to do this podcast? Awesome. I woke up, uh, had an errand to run, was uh, at a red light and found out that uh, apparently Robin Leonard was signing a contract. So, you know, normal Saturday, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I rolled right out of bed, uh, hopped on Twitter as I usually do and realized that, oh, I should actually probably get right to work. But that's just how it goes in the business sometimes. So of course this episode is going to be all about the fact that Robin Leonard signed a five year, $25 million extension with the golden Knights and all the tentacles that come out of that, including of course, what it means for the future of Mark Andre Fleury with the team. Before we get to all that, I want to remind everyone that the golden edge podcast is presented by DoorDash, Pepsi and favor drink also, please check out all our written work at reviewjournal.com. Dave and I will have two stories kind of taken down this news from different angles on the website today. And also, if you could rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcasts, please do to this one. We would very much appreciate it. So, Robin Leonard in the fold after carrying the Golden Knights through the postseason. Uh, we talked to General Manager Kelly McCrimmon and Leonard himself via Zoom today. And one thing that I think we should just touch on right off the bat, Dave, is how much this clearly meant to Robin Leonard. Yes, he has been a very good goalie in the past. He was, of course, a Vesna Trophy finalist, uh, not this past season, but the one before it when he was with the New York Islanders. He also received Vesna Trophy votes this past season when he was with the Blackhawks and the Knights. And, of course, for the most part, he was really, really good in the playoffs for the Knights as well. But despite all that, he had never really received a long-term contract. He'd never had a team kind of look him in the eye and say, you're our guy, we believe in you. And more than anything else, uh, the takeaway 
from today for me was just how much that meant to Robin Leonard, how much that represented to him, uh, not just obviously what a statement the Golden Knights were making, but the statement that he was kind of making as well by being able to uh, get that show of faith from someone. Uh, he got pretty emotional talking about it on on a Zoom call today, and I don't know how you could not you know feel for him as he was talking about all that stuff and the things he's overcome in terms of things he's already discussed, like, you know, mental health issues in the past and problems with uh, substance abuse. He's come overcome a lot to get to this point And it obviously means a lot to him that he did get here. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty apparent. I think at one point he did a pretty good job of uh, holding back where you could tell maybe he was starting to get choked up for a second or two. Um, but you know, the one thing I'm always, I, I always want to be very careful and it's, you know, it's going to be interesting going forward, kind of, you know, covering Robin Leonard for the next handful of years and things, because I, he's so open and honest about who he is and where he's been and what he's been through. And, and I'm very sensitive to, I guess, feeling like we're exploiting that and, and kind of trying to capitalize on that, I guess, as media folks. And, and I, I, I just, I don't want anything to kind of come across, you know, in that regard, because he was very open and he, he was very honest and, and he talked about the stability and, and what it means to him after, you know, previous interview, he, he had said, you know, obviously we can't say the word on the, on the pod, podcast, but basically everything went to poop in, in Buffalo and, and he owned it. Uh, it, you know, he owned his mental health and, and said that it was something that he wasn't aware of back then, didn't know how to take care of it, handle it. Uh, beyond that, I don't think it had even been diagnosed. He came back from rehab and, and obviously we'll talk about all this, you know, went to the Islanders and the last few years he's been on these one year deals. And I think he kind of said it, I don't really think Kelly McCrimmon said it. And it's kind of the elephant in the room that everybody sort of knows. Well, why, why hasn't he gotten a long-term deal? And it's pretty obvious that nobody was willing to take the risk on him. And I don't know if they were wanting him to prove it and see it, you know, okay, yes, you did it for a year, you know, on long Island. Can you continue it? I don't know what it was. It's hard to get in these GMs minds, but it's very clear that that was the reason because performance wasn't it. And, and he said that and anybody can look at the numbers that based on performance, the last, you know, at least couple of years, he deserved a long-term deal and, and it was the Knights who committed and, and he reciprocated. And I think he mentioned the term, the five years and how important that was he probably could have gotten more money on the open market. I, I mean, five years for the Knights is, you know, a pretty, pretty darn good deal if he continues to play at the level that he's been the last couple of years and he, you know, makes, you know, let's say 50 starts in an 82 game season, whatever it might be, you know, who knows? It's a, it's a pretty good bargain in that regard, but you know, it was the Knights who stepped up and he felt comfortable with the organization and, and ultimately found what he was looking for. Yeah, you mentioned his $5 million uh, cap hit is tied for the 12th highest among goaltenders. So he's not exactly, you know, breaking the bank here. Um, and something you were kind of hinting at that he mentioned, uh, Dave, that I thought was really interesting is that how important stability uh, he believes will not just be 
uh, for his family. He mentioned the fact that uh, his son already has five different hockey jerseys and he wants to kind of get that stability for his family. Uh, but also he thinks that stability will help his performance. I mean, here's a guy who's been playing on, as we've talked about, one-year deals, kind of always having to prepare himself to test the marketplace at the end of the year. And, you know, that can obviously go both ways, right? There's plenty of guys who perform very, very well uh, in a contract season, coincidentally, and then maybe don't hit that same level again. Um, Leonard's point on a Zoom on the Zoom call today was he thinks that's going to help him, that it's just going to be basically for lack of a better kind of phrase, that's going to be one less thing for him to worry about one, you know, more thing to kind of keep out of his mind um, to say, you know, I can now just focus on doing my job and don't have to, you know, constantly be thinking about the business side of hockey as much. And I think, you know, that could be really interesting because I mean, as we've already talked about, we've seen him be a very, very good goaltender already. And that's ultimately why he kind of grabbed the Golden Knights starting job uh, in the postseason and why he earned this uh, long-term deal. But it was very, you know, notable to hear him talk about, hey, I think there's even more in me still, despite the fact that he's, you know, 29 years old and now has kind of his first long-term deal. I mean, I think he mentioned it a little bit too. And I think all of us are like this, you know, whether journalists or a nurse, teacher, you know, insurance agent, you know, whatever it might be. I think anybody that just feels like you're comfortable and you're wanted and you're someplace that you feel, you know, feel good, play good. And, and I, I think that, that there's a lot of that right now sort of with Robin Leonard and, and, you know, whether it was the three game stint and he kind of talked about over the summer, you know, being able to, you know, do some things with the players, get to know them a little better, get to know the organization you know, a little bit better and, and all those sorts of things that factored into, into his decision. Ultimately, I mean, you know, we'll see how it, we'll see how it goes, but the idea that he's basically been a nine twenty save percentage career goaltender or right around there with, you know, unstable situations and, you know, everything that was going on previously before he got to the, you know, better place that he's been in the last couple of years. I mean, if he's been that good with all that swirling around, you know, imagine what's going to happen when, you know, the storm calms down. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I personally love to watch from my couch and take in as many games as possible, but it doesn't matter how you do it. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. You've counted on restaurants. Now, they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. 
Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Uh, Well, the one thing that I want to quick talk about before we obviously get to uh, probably, you know, just as big a news as what this means for the night's future. But uh, to stick with Leonard for uh, a little bit more here, one thing that I also, you know, thought was interesting is you asked Kelly McCrimmon kind of the fair question. Uh, basically, how do you think Leonard is going to hold up throughout the term of this deal? Because most contracts that players sign sound great when they are initially signed. It's obviously a big deal. It's a huge day. The team's excited. The player's excited. Uh, most fans get excited. And still, there are plenty of deals that people feel that way about that don't turn out that well. And so, obviously, the thing to say about Leonard is not that he's all of a sudden going to fall off a cliff, but that goaltending is a very volatile position, as the Knights have learned in just their three years of existence in terms of a guy who we're going to talk about in a second here who was on top of the world uh, two seasons ago and now might be on his way out. And so the Knights are, you know, committing to a fair amount of term here with a five-year deal. And they're committing to Leonard throughout his, uh, you know, early thirties, basically the deal should expire when he's around 34. Leonard does have a modified no trade clause. It should also be noted in there. Um, but basically, you know, you asked Dave, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, why he felt confident that Leonard could, uh, hold up through this deal. And, you know, do you feel that kind of McCrimmon uh, gave a good enough answer that should uh, assuage any concerns that fans might have about this? Yeah, I'm glad you understood my clumsy question because I'm not <laughs> sure Kelly McCrimmon did. But he gave a good answer and he gave, you know, kind of the answer of they feel like he's in his prime, that they're that this is the, you know, the years that they want him in, that these, these should be his peak years, you know, which, I mean, if you're going to compare, so so part of the question that I asked and, and, and part of why I did, and, and a little bit of context for the listeners, is when Marc-Andre Fleury signed his extension, George McPhee made a comment about Marc-Andre Fleury and why they felt like he could hold up, you know, going forward after age 35, which is kind of the age that, you know, a lot of goaltenders seem to decline at. And George McPhee's answer was that Marc-Andre Fleury was an athletic you know, kind of mobile goaltender versus what he called as a big lumbering hit me goaltender. And at least on the surface, Robin Leonard would seem to be the latter. And I'm not necessarily maybe not call him lumbering because big man can move right when he wants when he wants. Right. Right. But he is a bigger, you know, sit back in the crease kind of hit me goaltender. And so you know, in my mind, it's it's kind of like, okay, well, you're sort of saying those are the goaltenders that you don't necessarily think can hold up. Kelly McCrimmon's response was in, in a fair one that that Rob, Robin Leonard hasn't really had injury concerns, hasn't, you know, had pulls and strains and, and those sorts of things. And if you go through his record, you know, I, I would say that's a fair response. So, I mean, he's had timeshares and, and he was in a split situation, obviously. Um, in New York where, where he wasn't playing, you know, 50 something games. We'll see what he does, you know, if, 
you know, knock on wood, there's an 82 game season or something like that. And, you know, if he gets say two thirds of the starts or, or somewhere in that neighborhood, you know, how is he going to hold up? How will he hold up over a couple years? Maybe of doing that because he hasn't done that yet. I think, I think it's two years of his career. Let me check real quick here. One, two. Yeah, two years in his career that he's played more than 50 games. Uh, so it's got to be something he's got to prove a little bit, you know, if that ends up being the case. Because I guess the other thing, too, and maybe we'll segue in transition, is we don't know necessarily what's going to happen with Marc-Andre Fleury. It would seem to point to his exit. And I don't think Kelly McCrimmon did anything necessarily today Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember him really saying, hey, he might stay. Um, So all that being considered and and whatever, uh, you know, we we don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Robin Leonard does play half the games and Marc-Andre Fleury's here. Like, (laughs) you know, and and then maybe that, that eases the workload. We'll find out, I guess. Yeah, so to transition into kind of the next big question that comes out of the the Leonard extension, because, I mean, we've talked about this deal for a while on this podcast. It was long rumored, oft reported, and then finally became official today, Saturday, October 3rd. And it makes sense, as we've already talked about, for a lot of reasons in terms of uh, Leonard being a, you know, and to use the words of Golden Knights coach Pete DeBoer, an elite goaltender who, you know, is certainly going to be at the top of the free agent uh, heap and getting him at $5 million is certainly, you know, the Knights aren't overpaying to retain Robin Leonard. Uh, what, who they might be overpaying, of course, would be their backup uh, in the playoffs and potentially moving forward. And that is, of course, the face of the franchise, Mark andre Fleury. Fleury is making $7 million against the cap for the next two seasons. That's tied for the fourth highest among goaltenders. The combined cap hit for Mark andre Fleury and Robin Leonard is $12 million. That is the second most among kind of a goaltending tandem in the NHL. Only the Montreal Canadiens are going to spend more on their net minors next season. And they have Jake Allen on an expiring deal. So even though their setup is more expensive, it's more expensive for just one more year. Whereas the Knights, you know, potentially have Leonard and Fleury under contract for two more years. Um, And we've talked about this kind of ad nauseum now that the off season is upon us. That setup is kind of problematic for the Knights. It's really nice in theory to think about, oh man, they could have one of the best goaltending duos in the league, but it really limits their flexibility everywhere else. Um, You know, Kelly McCrimmon, to kind of a point you made earlier, Dave, he did say that keeping both Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury is an option, but as we've discussed a lot, it's not a great option because of that lack of flexibility you know, I was talking about the Knights now have less than $1 million in cap space. Uh, if you go by cap friendly, I believe it's around $800,000 in cap space in total heading into next season. So we're talking about uh, under those conditions, you could not re-sign Chandler Stevenson. You could not re-sign Nick Cousins. You couldn't even call up uh, Cody Glass. They're in a scenario where right now, if you they had to start the season tomorrow... They would only have 10 forwards in the NHL because that's all they could afford. So they have to do something to clear space and goaltending 
certainly makes the most sense just because, like I said, they are second most uh, in goaltending spending among teams. And I thought it was really interesting, Dave, that, you know, as you said, McCrimmon did briefly say, yes, keeping both guys is an option. But that was one sentence and he had a lot of other statements that certainly, you know, seemed to drop some serious hints that I'm prepared to make a very difficult decision here. And obviously said difficult decision is probably we're somehow, some way going to make sure that Marc-Andre Fleury is not on our roster heading into next year. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like that's where we're headed, that that's the inevitable conclusion with all this. I mean, whether it happens at the draft next week, I guess we can find out, you know, maybe that that's usually a, a time when there's a lot of business and you can, if, if there's, you know, draft picks involved, obviously that would be the time to do it. You got, you know, if you're going to trade your first round pick, got to do it before the draft happens. Right. So I'm not saying that necessarily there's going to be a first round pick involved with flurry, but I, I mean, that's one possibility, but the, you know, the other thing too, is if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen at the draft, there's not, it's not like a deadline. It's not like free agency where that starts October 9th, you know, and, and, Robin Leonard, if he wasn't signed, I guess technically could have gone to free agency and, you know, all those sorts of things. You know, who knows if he had the handshake agreement, if he wouldn't have done that, you know, whatever. I guess it's all a moot point right now. But at least in the case of Flurry, there's not like a deadline. I mean, they can go 10% over the cap. So it's not like they're not compliant in that regard as long as they've, you know, got his contract on the books. It's not like they have to move it because they signed Leonard or something like that. I guess what it would preclude them maybe, or, you know, we'll see is if they're going to go sign somebody right out of the, out of the gate in free agency. And then you're talking about, okay, you know, if we're going to go after a big, you know, big fish, Petrangelo, something like that. And then you have to get, you know, creative to make sure you're compliant or something like that and make sure that Flurry's done early, you know, then maybe, you know, but I guess in a weird way, what I'm saying is there's not necessarily an obvious conclusion that has to happen within the next few days. Could seems likely that that's eventually going to play out that way, but you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess everybody's doing a good job of, you know, making us in the media, maybe doubt it for a second or two. I don't know. Because I mean, I think we all feel like that's where it's going. I mean, why else would, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury's agent be saying what he's saying and, you know, oh, he wants to stay and all that, those sorts of things. Like it, it all, all the road signs kind of point toward his exit. So I'm not sure how, how else to really interpret everything. Yeah, no, it's certainly, there's a lot of hints kind of all over the place. And so a point that you made on a previous podcast and just made again there, these things do take time. And so that's something that I think is going to be really interesting to follow um, is if, you know, this is something that's going to be able to get done at the draft or if the Knights are going to have to drag this out a little bit longer because you made the point last podcast about how the Max Pacioretty deal with the Montreal Canadiens took a long time to ultimately come together. I mean, Pacioretty actually almost got traded to the Kings at the draft and then it was a long time uh, until he was actually traded to the Knights kind of on the eve of training camp. So, you know, with the flat salary cap, which with the fact that it's kind of a robust free agent and trade market, really, for goaltenders right now, and 
you know, it's going to be tough, I think, for the Knights to really scrounge up a palatable market for Marc-Andre Fleury right away. You know, one that they're going to be comfortable with uh, in terms of helping out their books because, you know, there's going to be so many questions uh, from all these other GMs uh, when they initially make the trade calls on Flurry of like, well, how much salary are you guys willing to retain? Are you willing to give me assets to take on Flurry's contract because it's so big? I mean, we saw uh, Mark Stahl got traded for a second round pick from the Rangers to Detroit uh, for just a $5.8 million expiring deal. So what's a $7 million contract over two years going to cost the Knights in terms of draft assets? Are they willing to stomach uh, sacrificing additional draft assets just to get Flurry off the team? I mean, there's a ton of questions that can go into negotiations like this. And McCrimmon even said uh, today something I thought was interesting, which was, I'm not really sure how free agency is going to go because of the the flat cap, because of the fact that there's not going to be a lot of money out there for teams to just kind of toss around. And so I think that could, you know, really play into the fact that this flurry situation could take a while. There's going to be a lot of money that's going to probably get eaten up pretty quickly. And soon the Knights are going to be left with, you know, a pretty narrow market in terms of teams that have money, have a hole at goaltending and we would be willing to, you know, fork over maybe some extra assets in order to take on uh, Mark Andre Fleury, his contract, and kind of all that that would entail. Yeah, there and you know the merry-go-round kind of had a couple guys jump off today. You know, not just Leonard. I mean, Brian Elliott, who you know maybe probably more of a backup at this stage of his career, but he resigned. Uh, Tristan Yari resigned in Pittsburgh. Um, you had Brossois resign. Uh, with Winnipeg as the backup there. So, you know, a couple backups off the market. Um, you have potentially what looks like the starting goaltender, uh, at least in Pittsburgh, probably signed. You know, it looks like Matt Murray would would be moved out. It's kind of a similar situation, it seems like, where you've got two goalies in Pittsburgh and they just can't fit both of them under the cap similar to the, to the Knights, I guess, you know, maybe the flip side to all of this. And, and when we were talking about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and as we've dissected the, all of this, the doomsday scenario was that somehow, some way, obviously that the, the water and the punch bowl had been pooped in, I guess, you know, with flurry and that he was gone, but that if there was something behind closed doors where Leonard said, you know what? I don't want to deal with this mess and whatever. And he left. They've avoided that, obviously. Like Leonard's re-signed and, and what. So if the worst case scenario out of all of this is that you have Marc-Andre Fleury on your books and you have to like keep him and figure out maybe a way to maneuver around, you know, one or two other little things. And maybe it means you don't go after a, you know, a Petrangelo or something. Like if that's your worst problem that you have Marc-Andre Fleury on your team as a second goalie or your backup or what? It's not the worst scenario I guess you could have. I mean, if you're a GM, there's probably worse things to deal with. You know, I mean, we'll see how it works out. To me, a lot of this too, and, and everybody's saying the right things and, and, you know, I don't have a problem working together and all that, but I really want to see... Okay, who's going to be happy if one guy is, and probably in the case of Leonard, getting the majority of the starts? And I go back to Mark Andre Fleury, basically flat out saying, you know, I don't know that I really want to be a backup. 
And if this isn't going to be the arrangement, if they try to split and whatever, you know, I don't know how happy everybody's going to be. Cause I know Robin Leonard today talked about the Knights being, you know, a non-political, non-politics team and not being red state, blue state. That has nothing to do with it. What he was talking about was basically performance. And if you're playing well, if you're the guy, you know, if, if you've earned the starts, if you've earned playing time, then you would get it. And that he's played on other teams where that hasn't necessarily been the case, where maybe you've got GMs or coaches who have a favorite or, you know, for whatever reason, the guy who's playing best doesn't play here. He said, that's not the case. So, you know, if you have to retain flurry and you've got a partnership, I'm kind of curious to see how it works out. But, you know, again, I think as we've talked about throughout this podcast, that would be the surprise. I think uh, scenario for me, I just, again, feels like inevitably Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be playing in a different uniform next year. We won't, we won't be seeing him in the gold. Yeah. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the golden Knights, third jerseys that they unveiled uh, Friday. They're shiny new gold uniforms. There's always something happening with this team that takes our attention. And next week, that's something that's going to take our attention. As Dave said, uh, is the draft. The golden Knights have the 29th overall pick and they will select Tuesday night for those that want to follow along. We'll have all your coverage at ReviewGeneral.com. The golden Knights will then make their uh, four selections. If they keep all those selections on Wednesday, when rounds two through seven go on and then Friday, October 9th is free agency. We'll try to sneak in podcast for you guys between the draft and free agency because uh, as of right now the knights don't have the uh, maneuverability to do too much because they re-signed a really good goalie for what looks to be a pretty good contract so that's going to do it for this edition of the golden edge podcast as a reminder we are presented by doordash pepsi and favor drinkafavor.com also please check out all our written work at reviewjournal.com Like I said earlier, Dave and I each have a story kind of exploring this Leonard contract going on the website. We both also have uh, draft stuff to get you guys ready for that first round. And then, of course, we will bring you all the news that we can once the draft actually gets going and the Knights make their picks from Bill Foley's ranch in Montana. Uh, Also, please rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcasts. Just due to this one, we would appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. For Dave Shane, I'm Ben Goats. We are the Golden Edge Podcast, and we'll talk to you guys again real soon. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two-ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.